Welcome back to the E6 podcast from Colonial Church, a place for candid conversations about what our church community is learning, what is going on in the world, and how all of it applies to our lives, followers of Jesus. My name is Brooke. This is episode 102. 102. Lauren, Tanner, how's it going, guys? I got to confess, I can't think off the top of my head of a football player with that number. <laughs> no, no. I think I'm going to have to let that go. That may be, a, that may be someone who r- rides the bench on that. <laughs> you know, I'm, and I'm also going to guess that at least five out of our seven listeners uh, right now are going, yes, yes. thank you. No Finally. More. No more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's going good. Uh, just coming off a of spring break. Trying to get back in a routine, and we were all late to where we needed to be this morning. Man, re-entry is the worst. I know we talked about that this morning, just re-entry. trying to wake up. But, God, re-entry is the worst. Mm-hmm. Re-entry, like coming back from vacation, coming off of a day off, a spring break, yeah, holidays. It's just re-entry. There's probably a reason it, it's got oh, yeah. its own term. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Back through the atmosphere, it's getting hot. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm uncomfortable. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. I think you hit it on the head. Late to everything. Late to everything. <laughs> <laughs> Which is perfect if you're a teacher. You know, that's sure right. That's, yeah, sure that's, that's great. isn't that great? Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Did you guys have a good spring break? We did. Yeah, we. Um, it was really cool. We took uh, took the kids uh, to the Fort Worth Zoo. Cool. And um, it's a good zoo. Yeah, it was a good zoo. Uh, we were a little disappointed. Um, because there was Apparently no big, zoo, no big sorry. cats. Um, they had it all closed down because they're doing the major renovations. Um, and so Easton was kind of bummed. He didn't get to see tigers and lions and all that good stuff. But hmm. coming this summer, um, they'll have like they. Apparently, Dallas has overtaken them as far as the number one zoo in the country. Really, didn't and, know that. And so, and so they have done this renovation now to where it's like. Is that even even like like the San Diego Zoo? San Diego. Some of those zoos are like famous for. I thought Fort Worth Zoo was up there actually. Yeah, Fort Worth Zoo was apparent apparently. Now I don't I have I have none of this on good authority. I have all this <laughs> on hearsay, but apparently it was like number one. Fort Worth Zoo was number Did one. Did Shelby tell you this? No, Honestly. and then Dallas <laughs> Dallas overtook it. Um, and so I don't know. <clears throat> we did that, and it was it was really crowded, but still fun. Kids enjoyed it. It was Emerson's first it, zoo experience. It wasn't so crowded that it was less fun, because I I I saw um, the uh, the hunters. Um, oh, I'm blanking on names, but they were at Six Flags oh. midweek last week. And they oh, showed a picture, and they that were was like, not... worst period, idea yes. period, yes. ever, period. <laughs> yeah. We came close to that being the worst idea, but uh, Wednesdays at Fort Worth Zoo is really, really cheap. So we got in for 30 bucks in our entire family. Nice. Your whole family? My entire family. Genius. It was, so it was, uh, I didn't really care that it was crowded. <laughs> wow, um, all 30 of you. Mm-hmm, all 30 of us. Nice. Uh, it was fun. We did that. The kids enjoyed it. And then um, we actually, on Thursday last week, took them to a indoor water park in Little Elm, which I don't want everybody to know about um, because it, it was our... awesome. Um, do not had, Google. Yeah, that's right. Do not do, Google yeah, right. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Stay away so that me and my family can enjoy it. Um, <laughs> it was really inexpensive getting in. Indoor water park. Kids had a blast 
the 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 place was awesome as as awesome as indoor water parks can be i'm not i'm not a water park guy but um our kids just really had so much fun and we had fun watching them do that and so we we had a good spring break did that and came home and relaxed a little bit and yeah it was awesome so nice yeah best spring break in a while at least least since at least since last spring break you know for sure we had a good spring break too um just a I want to say it was a staycation, but that, I guess that implies we stayed home. That's not true. We we did go to an empty house in Fort Worth where my aunt and uncle normally are, but they were out of town, and they graciously, generously let us have their home. And we just stayed there, and we went out to eat and watched a couple movies, and um, definitely we tried a couple things, like we went to the Dallas Aquarium and went shopping and south lake where everything's way too expensive (laughs) but it was really fun and relaxing and just spent three days doing that good um came home watched a lot of basketball so yeah how about you what was james family spring break yeah my uh my parents took the kids (gasps) for the first few days so they picked them up you always seem to i was about to say you do this you've you've always got this cheat code well, there's Thing. this indoor water park. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, so yeah, my parents, my parents Tanner, came over. Both of our wives right now are like, "What in the world?" Yes, I know. How's I know. <laughs> it's called planning? I'm just kidding. It's not yeah. at all. What we were this? like, it was literally like Wednesday, and my wife was like, "Hey, you guys want to take the kids?" Yeah. And they were like, "Sure." <laughs> so they took the kids. They had them for uh, Sunday, uh, I guess Saturday night, and then Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Came back Tuesday, and and uh, so we we had a few days, which. Around our house is nice until my wife decides um, that she is going to redo one of their bedrooms, which is oh. basically every time the kids are gone. Yeah. So we spent uh, the first the first three <laughs> days uh, of spring break redoing one of the kids' bedrooms and throwing away an enormous amount of junk. <clears throat> yeah. Um, that uh, we we were calling trash. Oh yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. If we didn't give it away, it's in the trash can somewhere. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, so then then the kids got home, and then we did you know the the basics. We yeah. we hung out and played, and they had friends over, and I did projects, and my wife worked, and the kids watched movies, and yeah, yeah. And good. all the people listening to us right now talk about our spring breaks, going, "You guys got a spring break? You had time off? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I I, I made uh, I made Daryl take a day off and go golf with me. Yeah, he um, said y'all went golfing. Yeah, 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 one day, and he said you played very poorly but had a good time. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was oh, it's 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 a testament to getting better is that oh, we yeah. were we played really bad and still scored pretty, pretty well pretty decent for yeah. us you know so yeah um, yeah it was it was, yeah. It was fun it was fun good. we had a lot of fun so um, so spring break's good everybody's back kids are kids are excited to, not not really they're not nah, excited really. to be back at not all. at all <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the teachers are already like is it summer yet yeah, that's like, right Shelby woke up this morning going ten weeks kids only ten weeks <laughs> ten weeks. <laughs> Yeah, well, so uh, we 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 got back in to um, to Sunday and trying to, trying to get back into the mode of things. I tried to explain to my my daughter this morning, like I'm still trying to wrap my mind around what is gonna be this week. Like, what yeah. what does work look like right uh-huh. now? Because it's you know mm-hmm. it's chaos when you have to take time off or you do take to get to take time off. Yep. Excuse me and. Um, but come back in and, um, I thought we had a, we had a great weekend. Yeah. Um, uh, the, uh, the kids camp envelope drive is still up and running and, yep. uh, we went and checked and 
Um, there are still envelopes available for anybody that would like to jump on, and I'm just giving you the information. I'll let you guys be the heart of everything because that's <laughs> that's how we function. Um, yeah. And if you you know you you're like, oh man, I wanted to do that, but I didn't grab an envelope. You know, one of those red envelopes that we have out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did say that, didn't I? You did. I, but I then, I, then I caught myself you did. going, you fixed it. Yeah, you fixed like, it. Red. Red, you actually. fixed it, yeah. I was just like, Wait. Have they been red in the past? No, they have not. I just was they off of my own little You world. were just off, yeah. It's fine. Excellent. <laughs> it's fine. That was great. It caught me awake. I was like, Wait a minute. Uh, if you didn't grab an envelope and you still wanted to be a part of that, they will still be up this weekend, or you can jump in the app and you can go to the giving section and you can change the fund to uh, to, to help sponsor um, kids going to camp and, and doing that. And then we will, this weekend coming up, we'll be able to uh, start registration, kick that yeah. off and get kids signed up for it. So um, that's the details. Would you Those guys like details. to provide some heart to all of us? I will give one, one, <laughs> yes, I will, I will do one thing. Go. Um, it's a, it is, it still is a really big deal. Camp is so expensive. And when you have uh, a couple of kids who want to go to camp, um, this makes it feasible for families to send their send their kids to to camp, um, especially if you have multiples in the house. Um, this pays for uh, it lowers the cost of registration for all the students that all, all the kids that want to go, um, <clears throat> and makes it possible for the leaders to go as well because the leaders who go they're taking vacation time from their day jobs, um, and then on top of having to do that, it's uh, we don't want to ask them to. Uh, then pay for their way. Uh, so we're trying to provide a really good camp experience for our kids. So please stop back there and, and grab one of those envelopes. Um, Lori Thomas uh, and her team uh, would really, really appreciate that. And um, it was cool. I got to go to kids camp last year. That's right. I don't did. know if I could. I don't know if I should say I got to go to kids camp last year. <laughs> Uh, but was it not just pure joy? It was, it was, you know what? It was, it was pure joy. Um, I've, I've actually, I remember you coming yes, back from that. Yes. It was not, it was great. Uh, and, um, but I will say, I will say this. Um, there were several last year that would not have gotten to go and be a part of that had, um, this fundraiser not happened. So, um, please, 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 please go back there, grab an envelope, help some kids go to camp. Lot, I mean, it was incredible. I remember the last night we're there, the culmination of camp, and a bunch of students just really having some breakthroughs in um, in their worship to Jesus, and uh, it was just a really cool thing. So, yeah, that's what I would like to say about the heart of why we're doing this envelope drive. Yeah, it's cool. Well, if you did go through there and you see the envelopes, um, right next to the envelopes was the Jacaranda table. Mm. Our uh, our good friends Terry and Karen are headed off to Nairobi, Kenya, on uh, on Sunday morning. Is yeah, that, is that correct? Yep, right? Sunday, morning. Sunday morning they'll be in the. Yeah, I was, I was talking to Terry uh, in the cafe this past Sunday, and he goes, "Yeah, sun, this uh, literally a week from today will be." In the airport, ready to embark on our 24-hour journey to get to Nairobi, Kenya. I think he said this is their 16th trip. Yeah. Uh, so cool. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. The relationships they formed. I mean, yep. these are not just dumping off a bunch of medical supplies. No. That in of itself would be a good thing. Yes. Like, no, there's no question it's meeting significant needs. Mm -hmm. um, and yet, 
on top of that, they have really formed friendships with people there. Yeah, I know for them, it's like it's more like a family reunion yes. than it is anything else. And so. they and with people there that have maybe as much, if not more, than anybody here in our community impacted Terry and Karen and others oh, yeah. spiritually, like yeah. their love for Jesus. And, mm-hmm. Um, I think just makes their fa- it makes their faith bigger. There are people yep. on the other side of the planet that are trying to love their neighbors well Definitely. in the name of Jesus. Definitely. Um, then you add, I don't know how many of our people know this, that uh, their son, one of their two sons, mm-hmm. Terry and Karen's son, is it Michael, I think? No. It's Jeff. It's Jeff. Jeff. Yeah. Uh, I knew I had a 50-50 shot. <laughs> Jeff is over Bro. there with uh, Interma- International Mission Board, which is the... Baptist uh, used to be called the Foreign Mission Board. Now mm. it's the International Mission Board. And um, he and his wife and kid or kids? Kids. Kids, plural. Yeah. So um, this is, it's like a triple whammy. You know, Terry and Karen also get to see their favorite people firsthand. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was joking about how Jeff, their son, was Amazon boxes were showing up at Terry and Karen's house. <laughs> Here's all the things I need you to pack. I can't bring everything. That's right. (laughs) But they're so excited. Can you imagine just seeing your your kid, your grandkids? Your yeah. So they're they're very excited. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we're excited for them to uh, to go and to be able to do that. And you know, all of the we've had several colonial people throughout the years that have been able to go over there and experience that and be a part of it. So. Um, definitely a cool thing, and uh, that is a really long trip, and they have a uh, interesting journey to get all the medicine into the country. So definitely keep them in your prayers um, starting Sunday morning when they fly out, and it'll be a, a full day or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you know the the number of days that they're there and and uh, their journey back. So definitely want to keep them uh, keep them in your prayers. Yeah. Speaking of, of Terry, um, if you weren't with us this past weekend on Sunday morning, uh, we presented to our church family uh, that Terry Johnson is officially an elder candidate. Uh, what that means for us, a couple of, couple of thoughts to pass on to everybody, is uh, for the next 30 days, we are not just inviting, but really, really asking for feedback. We're asking for you to affirm uh, that you see Terry's faith, his spiritual maturity, his character, uh, such that you're supportive of him being one of our key leaders here, one of our our shepherds of the sheep, so to speak. Um, And if you could email any of our elders, uh, my email address, ljones at colonialchurch.com, if nobody else, if you could contact our office, any other way you want to personally connect with our our, our pastors or our elders, um, that is invited. Uh, and also, if you've got concerns, this is the time. We, we take this very seriously for obvious reasons. If, if anybody, we do this with all of our elder candidates. We've done it with them in the past. Any concerns you have, uh, hesitancy you have, um, maybe, you know, it's, it's going to happen at some point with different elder candidates. Um, Eventually, you do this long enough, and somebody goes, you know what? I think this is a terrible idea, and this is why. Maybe not everybody knows this about Joe or Mike or you know whoever. So um, I'm not even joking. We, we um, strongly encourage all kinds of feedback because uh, if, uh, if we get you know 
positive feedback and, and it's God just affirms through everybody else what we're already thinking, then uh, 30 days from yesterday, um, so I guess it'd be five, five weeks, five Sundays from yesterday, we'll, we'll get up in front of the church and, and uh, eagerly pray over Terry and welcome him officially into our elders team. That would make, if you're curious, five elders at Colonial Church. Uh, myself, and then four uh, unpaid non-staff elders. Uh, the others are Brett Swiger, uh, who works uh, both uh, still with uh, military as well as with Southwest Airlines as a pilot. Uh, Pat Page, our chair, chairman of the elders, who works for Region 9. He's a longtime educator. And Doug Marchand, uh, who of uh, Marchand Construction. Uh, I love our elders, great, great men. So be praying for Terry, be praying for this feedback uh, time period, and don't hold back if you've got thoughts. Um, I personally am really excited about Terry joining our team and just being a different voice. And uh, our hope, uh, I'll speak for the elders, is that we continue to raise up new leaders, identify who's already leading, and, and we want a plurality of, of leadership. Um, I think if you guys are at all paying attention to what goes on in different churches and, and uh, Christian organizations, um, we're not immune to it just because we're part of God's kingdom. We've, egos are involved, sin, you know, just people's issues just pop up. And when you have a singular big leader, a larger than life leader, or you have a very, very, very small team. Um, that's I think where you really get set up for failure sometimes. Mm. And so we really believe in a plurality of leadership here. Um, five, I think is a minimum. I really like that number, but I, I would prefer if anybody's wondering, I prefer seven. I like an odd number. I like a small enough number to sit around a big dinner table and have, have one conversation. Um, but man, it's, when you're carrying the weight of leadership in any in any significant way, to have a, a a team doing it with different opinions and perspectives and life experiences, um, but all united around the same vision and love for the Lord, then it's it's a beautiful thing. So, um, you know what? I'll throw one more thought. If any of you listening think, why? What about so and so? What about, what about a certain person that could maybe be an elder at Colonial now or down the road? You see somebody's faith that is big to you. You see character and commitment and, and a love for Jesus that's inspiring to you. There is no downside to you bringing that to our attention. Mm. If yeah. nothing else, it's an opportunity to affirm people mm -hmm. and, and just spur them on. And, and maybe that leads to conversations our elders have about, you know, what was brought to my attention is by, by a, a number of people, actually, yeah. so-and-so. Yeah. That's how these things happen, mm -hmm. you know? So um, we're not looking for that necessarily today, and yet we, we need to always be open to the, that kind of input, that kind of feedback. Yeah. So. Well, that's cool. So we're excited about the possibilities and, and, uh, and what that could bring. If you don't know... 
um, Dr. Terry Johnson's story. Um, he and Karen, his wife, they they joined us way back in the day, back in our early days, back on episode 16. No way. You can go back and listen to a uh, long time ago. mostly Terry talk about their story because Karen and I basically sat over in the corner and just had fun. Hey, in all seriousness, I'm so <laughs> glad you looked that up and, and can pinpoint that. It is well worth, I, I think, <clears throat> easily one of our most listened to episodes. Yep. Uh, of mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. all time of of the of the hundreds now of <laughs> of podcast episodes we've had of the hundred uh, of the hundred and two episodes it's <laughs> it's easily one of our top uh, most popular most listened to episodes because his story is so it's so crazy and beautiful and, and yeah. so even if you're just excited or, or curious about Terry becoming an elder man go back and listen to episode sixteen at least the interview portion and uh, enjoy yeah. that yeah. Okay, we also have uh, something else that's coming up. Um, I know we're, we're kind of looking back at last weekend, but um, coming up in uh, after, the, I guess, the weekend after Easter, we are starting a new series that we are calling You Asked For It, um, where we're just going to say all of the things that you'd never wanted to hear because you're asking for it. Don't we need a jingle for that, by the way, Tanner? Is that, uh, yeah, sure. Ready, go. And hmm. <laughs> that's an odd I'm start. Gonna give you, but okay. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to be thinking about a jingle. Let's, Tanner, we can keep talking. I mean, we'll talk we can keep talking. Uh, so, so you asked for it is coming up, and um, we we announced that this weekend that we are going to uh, basically going to be hitting on mm-hmm. some uh, topics that you guys ask about and bring up. And um, we had several come in yesterday. Um, basically, as soon as you talked about it, Lauren, as soon as you said it on stage, it's we almost started like some of them some. weren't even listening to me teach. After that, they were done. They were like, "What do I want Ooh, him to talk I've got about?" Questions? Yes. <laughs> All my questions. Okay, you ready? Ready? Yeah, go. What's on your mind? Uh, I lost it. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> hang on. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. Hang on. Hang on. Um, what's on your mind? What can we talk about? This is the series called "You Asked for It." That's all I got. Nice. There <laughs> we go. Its own. Let's it's, see if we can. We'll massage that. Its hey. own one-time jingle. Oh you know? my goodness! <laughs> that was amazing. Oh, I'm. You know what? I'm. I'm seriously thinking. I think you sat there in all of your creative genius and thought, "What would this sound like if we gave Lauren a week to work on it?" I think this is what he would come up with. <laughs> <laughs> and then you did that. Because <laughs> that was so bad, it was good. Yeah, it was bad. It was, was really bad. good. I love it. It's going to be great. <laughs> I just appreciate that you actually did it. I, I gave it a shot. I would have just sat there and been like, yeah, sorry. I gave no, it a I shot. Respect. So shot. Uh, we asked that you guys ask questions that we can bring up. Some of them will be podcast questions. Some of them will be um, maybe even the repeat ones. Uh, I don't know how you're going to choose all the questions to go where. Um, Lauren and, and what you're going to do with all of that, but uh, we definitely want you to be able to do that. Um, we, we, if you if you download the app, if you have our app already, you can hop in there and you can submit a question of your own so that we can uh, add those to the list of things that uh, apparently we're going to be talking about for. Um, I'm excited weeks. about this series. I know I know it's we don't need to get into it at length, but maybe to give you a a, a teaser on on what to expect if if. If I have my way, we'll narrow it down. We've got four weeks. We'll narrow it down to the four most common uh, big questions. You know, that if, if a, several different people have kind of asked the same question, we're going to put all that together. 
And, and my hope is to provide at least a 15 minute, 20 minute teaching on that particular issue or that particular question. But then also, and I may be over promising, I hope I don't under deliver, but also then to have two, three, four of us, you know, I'm picturing, you know, Tanner, us talking this through and, and, you know, a couple pastors, maybe a, a, an elder, maybe another expert we bring in. I'm just sitting there on stools and, and having a conversation about it. Um, maybe even taking on a couple of secondary questions in that, in that extra time. Uh, that's kind of what I'm envisioning. That's a heck of a lot more work than people realize. It's <laughs> way easier for, in the case we often have here, me going off in my little cave and planning a 30, 35 minute lecture. That's, that's yeah. way as much work as that is. That's a heck of a lot easier than it is to tackle the hardest questions and invite other people to collaborate with you and do all the research that's required in that. Um, but man, that's really what I envision. And then because anybody who's listening to our podcast right now, this is going to impact y'all. Uh, we're invariably going to have more questions than we have time to deal with on four specific Sunday mornings. So we're going to bring at least some of those questions, maybe some of the less common questions, um, maybe in some rapid fire, uh, mm -hmm. format. Um, I know we did, you know, a lot of churches do something like this. This is not, this is not, you know, recreating the wheel or anything at, at my last church. When we did this, we did some Q and a and did some, some live things, but then, um, one of our other pastors and I, spent, and I'm not saying we're going to do this. This does not sound fun. We spent like an hour and 45 minutes just on a podcast. We didn't have our own podcast then, but a podcast like recording video and audio where we just went through like, I think it was like 23 questions and we spent a ton of time on our own preparing, answering those and looking up scripture and, mm. um, saying this is where our church lands on this issue. This is where I land on this issue. And, um, and we actually got a lot of good feedback of people spending the time because they'd ask those questions. They're like, I want to know maybe yeah. people who didn't ask weren't right. that interested, but I'm excited about what this could be. I mentioned yesterday morning to our, our crowd. I'm also hopeful at least some people are impacted by us doing this that don't normally come back to church after Easter. I mm. mean, if, if I went to church, if I go once or twice a year and I show up and then they said they're going to talk about that really uncomfortable subject at church, really? I want to hear what they have to say about that. Or, yeah, I'm, you know what? I have strong feelings about that. I want to know what they have to, what does the Bible say about that? Or what do they, what do these Christians think? Or I'm hopeful that's even intriguing and maybe even winsome in how we handle mm -hmm. this to people. So um, plant this seed. You're thinking about, maybe not now, but as Easter Sunday gets really close, as, as all of us will be encouraged to do, you're thinking about that coworker, that friend, that neighbor, that family member that, that literally never goes to church or, or rarely goes to church. And you're thinking about inviting them on Easter Sunday because that's an, that's an easy time to get, easier time to get some people there. No, count on the fact that that Sunday morning, Easter Sunday, we're going to invite everybody to ask. This will be the last Sunday to ask questions, submit through the app. And that guest is going to go, no way. What? 
and they're going to be able to pull up the app on your phone or, or on their own phone and and right there ask a, a question that's just been nagging at them or they're curious about or they don't understand um, the, and, and to know that next week or the week after that they can come back and we're going to tackle that. I'm really hopeful that's that's a good thing. It's a good thing. Awesome. It'll be fun. Keep you on your toes. It will be. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a. Uh, can can I go? I'm I'm gonna. It's part of what I love like about doing the podcast is I I don't typically do this other other on other occasions. I'll go ahead and admit I'll I'll let you peek behind the curtain, our listeners. I have crazy thoughts. In fact, I invite feedback about this. I have crazy thoughts if this series is goes as well as I'm I'm counting on it going of after that series is done. I know where we're going with our next teaching series after that. We don't need to talk about that now, but to to very intentionally shorten the teaching time by at least 8 minutes, 10 minutes and purposefully finish our time together on a weekly basis, maybe even just try it for a few weeks and see what happens, but finish our teaching time on a weekly basis with whether it's completely unrelated or not, just some live Q and a, um, and I'm nervous even saying that out loud, (laughs) (laughs) but I just, what could go wrong? You know, it's, it's risky. Um, you're inviting, I mean, bluntly put, you're inviting the weirdest moments, the most awkward moments sometimes the least relevant or helpful moments and at the same time partly what's so tempting about it is you're you're giving your people your church family opportunity to interact and engage and ask a qu- you could ask a question about something that was said eight, eight ten minutes before that I didn't understand when you said that, what do you mean by that? You know, or, okay, that's great. But what do we do? Like that's, that's some good ideas, but now what, how do we apply this to our lives or this? Okay. This has nothing to do with anything you said today, but I've got this annoying question, you know? Uh, and it's, it's, it's something that 27 other people in the room are thinking, you know? Um, so we may try that for a few times and then unapologetically go, you know, that was good. That was a good experiment. We're not going to do that. You know, um, but I'm, I, I want to go ahead and, and share that. Um, I, there's one church that I know of that has been doing that consistently up in Toronto, Canada, that it's one of the guys I follow and, um, man, just he's way, the, the intimidating thing is he's way smarter than me. So, you know, you got somebody like a Tim Keller up there. You have a lot of faith and confidence. Oh, Tim can handle this, you know? (laughs) You put Lauren, Tanner (laughs) up there. Uh, I mean, we find out out how okay we are with being able to say, you know what, I don't have a great answer for that. Yep. You know what, I'm not sure. Yep. And then, you know what, let's come back to that. And part of that, you hit it on the head, Brooke, part of that's even modeling for our people. You don't have to know it all. You don't. A, you shouldn't be putting your pastors on any kind of weird pedestal anyway. Um, but B, it, it's okay to go, ah, that's a great question. I love the thought, too, of maybe maybe it's always two or more of us up there taking some questions. 
that's probably a little less stressful on a guy like me. And and maybe even to disagree, you know, uh, well, I know Lauren, what Lauren just said, but I got a different take on it. I'm not sure if I agree with him on, I, I'd have to look this up, but I think the scripture says blah, 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 blah. You know, I think we can model well for our people, at least potentially just civil disagreement or, or humility, like mm-hmm. you said, of, nah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's an off debated topic. And I don't know that we can go there right now. There's a few different views on that, you know? Hmm. I want to be that kind of church. We'll see what happens. Hmm. You probably can't sing that exact jingle again, right? There's two. The one I just said? It's been a while. Can we? Can I, can I get that like as a ringtone? <laughs> I'm sure I can cut that Let out. Let me fix it. Let me fix it. For anybody that would like this as a ringtone. Can I have that for... for uh, Put that in the show notes. Sunday to play. <laughs> That'll be our that'll be our, our our bumper into it every time. Maybe you could auto tune it somewhere. What's on your mind? What can we talk about? This is the series called "You Asked for It." <laughs> no, the first one was. I'm gonna have to keep singing it now, just so I can. <laughs> uh, speaking of teaching series, that's not that. Um, yeah. Easter people is where we've been for the last uh, last couple of weeks. Yep. Um, we missed a we missed an episode a couple weeks back. Um, mm-hmm. Due to some sicknesses around around us, and that made that difficult to get all done. Um, but so last week we came back and talked about Mary Magdalene and uh, and and her perspective, um, or at least how we we can see her perspective through the scriptures. And um, but getting to see the Easter story through her eyes a little bit different than how we how we normally view mm-hmm. it, where these people are just um, different parts of the story that we're looking at, but. Uh, last, last Sunday we talked about, um, the disciples, his closest friends, um, and, uh, and then in this past weekend talking about Joseph of Arimathea, who we kind of breeze past pretty quickly because he, you know, oh yeah, here's my, here's mm-hmm. my plot of ground that you can bury your guy in mm-hmm. and, and move on. It's but actually, so, it was actually a cave. Sorry. I've been there. It's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I even said burial. On Sunday, knowing well, it's not, it's not really a burial. Really it's just our vernacular. They locked you know. him in. Yeah. So, uh, so, so, so to go back a couple of weeks to the the, the twelve disciples and and their perspective, um, I thought one of the things that that really stood out was that um, with with all the time that these guys or, or the group, whoever whoever I mean, we're talking about specifically the twelve, but the the group that that was following Jesus all the time. Um, the, the, all the time that they spent with him, and they missed over and over the "I'm gonna die, and then I'll be back," you know. And I, I kept thinking to myself, I mean, if if one day somebody just repeatedly told me that, I'd be like, okay, <laughs> okay, buddy. Uh, and then, but then to see, you know, to to just see them like they basically ran scared, like we're freaking out like everything's falling apart we are locking ourselves in a room because we are worried about the 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 Jewish leaders that are probably after us that are hunting us that that we you know we don't want to stick our neck out because we might get chopped off and um you know to see these guys who spent that much time with Jesus direct contact you know literally watching him uh 
change water um, into wine and literally healing people that have been laying here for years. And everybody knows this guy's blind. Everybody knows this guy can't walk. And everybody, you know, this person died. And we literally watched him bring them back to life and then just be like, uh, I'm terrified now. <laughs> They're going to get us, you know. And so to see their, their, you know, their story as they go through the Easter story to get to the other side of that and, and and then as you talked about that that he is peace and that that's what he had to bring to them because mm. they were in such turmoil and mm. and lacking that peace that they needed um i thought that was just an interesting yeah it just view. speaks to how strong our own self doubt can be mm. um I, <clears throat> you mentioned the chosen uh, this past weekend because you were talking about nicodemus and um they do i think the chosen does a really good job portraying Nicodemus in there and um I was watching uh part of it this week and um it's it's the moment I'm watching this moment where Jesus uh and his disciples feed the 5,000 and then immediately after that is the moment where Jesus walks is walking on water um like really quickly after this happens and to see how quickly they doubt how quickly doubt sets in uh, with the disciples. Even as we've taken a look at these different people uh, through Easter people, how quickly that, that doubt can take over your, your thought process, your actions. Um, And yet Jesus is constantly the presence that comes back to say, you know, let me grow your faith. Let me, hold on to your faith. Let me remind you. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it's encouraging now as I struggle with my faith, as I struggle with doubts that I come up against to see that, oh, doubt, doubt has always been part of faith. Yep. It's always been part of um, this, this believing in and seeing uh, radical transformation happen. Uh, it's just, it is encouraging to me Um you know, as they run scared and <clears throat> these different things happen and um, they, you know, overlook that Jesus has told them what was going to happen and um, are surprised and shocked when it happens. And, you know, um, it just reminds me that um, doubt and faith aren't as separate as we think, that one doesn't negate the other. Um, and, the need, and the need for Jesus to be peace. I feel like you're uh, just kind of teeing up where we're going next, but I'm going to leave that uns- unaddressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will. I will just uh, almost redundantly maybe say it's kind of discouraging to me, but it's mostly really encouraging to be reminded. I, I, even these people that were there at the feeding of the five thousand, they mm. were there when Jesus walked on water. They were there when he raised somebody from the dead not too much long after each of those things are what's, what's their prayer. Oh, please, please increase our faith. Yeah. You know, where were they after the crucifixion hiding behind locked doors? (laughs) I mean, because I find myself probably like a lot of people going, well, you know what? If I was there, my faith would be different. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, he came 2000 years ago on the other side of the planet. If he came here and now, why did, why did they get to have that experience? If I had that experience, my faith would be rock solid. And yet, 
without exception, everybody we read in scripture, pick a hero, Moses, David, you know, one of the 12, Paul, pick a hero. Every single one of them just really struggled with their faith at some point after they saw Jesus do incredible things. They saw God come through, you know, in miraculous ways, firsthand, tangible, doesn't make sense, supernatural, you know, it just, and so it, it explains to me, I, you, you said it, I think, well, with all of its mystery, doubt is literally connected to faith. It's, it's being certain of something you can't see, yeah. which inherently has room for doubt, has yeah. room for forgetting. Has room mm-hmm. for forgetting. Maybe it's a different way. Of maybe saying. more. Yeah. Maybe more so than doubt, but room, room yeah. to forget. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, and I think that the the really cool thing is on the other side of all of that doubt, they saw Jesus, and then they become these rock solid. You cannot shake me from what I know. Yep. You know, you talked you talked about Watergate, and the, it was like <laughs> these guys could not hold it together for three weeks before they were just spouting their mouth. You know, I love their that mouths. statement from Chuck. Chuck, uh, oh my goodness, uh, oh my goodness, from Watergate, Norris Colson, Chuck Colson, <laughs> Chuck, Chuck Norris, Chuck Norris. <laughs> Thank you. No, I love that. Statement. Do you know he only uses stunt doubles for his crying scenes? It's just <laughs> yes. Sorry. So good, you know. But they like these guys. They I can't. They can't hold it together. And now you now like literally, we're running scared. Yes. We're locked behind doors. Mm. We see Jesus again afterwards, and we're like, oh, it clicks in our heads. Now we get it. Now we understand what's going on. And then for the rest of our lives, that doubt is well, at least not the main story by yeah. any yeah. chance. Yeah. You don't need to stretch yeah. the imagination. And to see how many of them are killed for their faith. Yeah. You know, I mean, how many times have we heard the story of somebody that's recanting something right before they die? You know, deathbed, it's like, ah, oh, you know what? I made that up. You know, eh, I like you know, these guys are being tortured and they're like, nah, man, we're not. Yeah. I couldn't possibly go back on what I said. Like, mm-hmm. this is what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, that That is so encouraging. And one of the things I even mentioned when we talked about Mary Magdalene specifically is I, this was pointed out to me many, many years ago, early in my faith journey when I was still much more doubtful than I am now about things. And, um, and somebody pointed out, man, if, if you want to have a hoax, if you want to have to be, to, to con people, uh, into believing this guy was the Messiah, this guy, then, Okay, we're gonna steal the body, you know. Which you know, the skeptics always say, "Well, I, probably his his original followers went and stole the body." And but back to your point, Brooke. Okay, but then why would they die for believing this? Mm-hmm. Why would they go to? Why would they risk everything for something they're not getting? For something anything. they know firsthand. They're well, not we, getting paid. Yeah, yeah. And then also, why would you make the first eyewitness of your hoax be a woman in a Middle Eastern? 2000 years ago culture it's like the worst witness you could call in yeah. a court setting <laughs> yeah. you know yeah um you have a a, a jury I'm, I'm picturing i'm blending in our cultures you have a jury of of your peers except they're all men and and you're gonna you know pick you know the the least trusted individual in your culture to be your star witness like that's right. not how you plan a good con job and uh and i i love i love that God picked 
Mary Magdalene. I love it. I love it. And then, of course, you got your misfits and knucklehead disciples that are the next ones to know and going to be your main messengers. Like, I think I would have picked somebody with some more influence and, <laughs> you know, mm. higher stature. That's so encouraging to me. Yeah, and it's such an interesting look at, you know, the resurrection story. We've said this before, but it's just, uh, it's so, it, it changes what you think about for Easter. Just the pre- the presence, uh, the admittance of doubt, the the confusion, the chaos that ensued. Like, we, we pretty often, I think, when we're talking about Easter skip over some of that stuff. Mm. You know, we talk about the importance of the fact that Jesus died and and then defeated death and rose, but we don't talk about um what has what happened around all those things. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's been it's been it's been I I think strengthening my faith to dive into this, to to see these different perspectives, to to look at these people who are around in this. Um, and I'm hope, I hope that it's done that for several people um, in our community, in our context, um, to be challenged about what they think they know about, you know, the resurrection story. And even, even some, I think this is a, a, a beautiful way to enter into the understanding of the resurrection for those who don't really have any framework for this. Mm. Um, it's just been really cool. This has been one of my favorite series, I think. Um, I was just looking at my notes while you were talking. I know the three, well, actually four people we're going to look at over the next three weeks. And it just it gets me all excited. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just going to get better and better of looking at different <laughs> perspectives and how we can relate to them. Yeah. Um, and I, at the risk of being very redundant, I want to read a quote again that I, I read the first two weeks of the series. I didn't read yesterday, um, but this is by uh, Peter Gomes. He said that the evidence of Easter is a reconfigured Easter people, people who are no longer afraid of the dark, people who dare to live by their affections and not by their fears. Like to me, that uh, on a couple of levels, that just hits home. It's not the evidence of, of Easter for me is not, it's not some archaeological dig, you know? It's <laughs> not producing a body. It's not It's not even, you know, 500-plus eyewitness accounts, which we have from Scripture, is, is he appeared to these key folks we're talking about, but he also appeared, it said, to 500 others over time. And, and that's not even the primary evidence for me. The primary evidence for me of Easter is changed people. Hmm. I can't get around I wonder how many of our listeners can think of people that they can look at their lives before they encountered Christ and who they have become since surrendering their lives to Christ and there is no court testimony against that there is no way to <laughs> to overwhelm that reality well that's not real yeah you know ah he just turned over a new leaf right oh he just grew up I mean, there's some of that for a lot of us in different ways, but oh my goodness, I could rattle off names of people. I didn't know either one of you dudes, 
before Jesus. I hear stories from y'all. Yeah. You know, and you didn't know me before. So it's all secondhand. I got firsthand stories of people that I knew them before. Mm-hmm. Um, or they knew me before. Yeah. And okay, get around that. It's it's the loudest testimony to me of of Easter. And I love the wording of of Gomes's quote, just people who are no longer afraid of the dark, people who dare to live by their affections and not by their fears. To use the terminology of doubt and faith. Yeah. By their they they dare to live by their love for him, even in the context of doubt. Yeah. Like that's just that's my experience. Mm-hmm. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. And that's so contrary to where we live, mm. you know, to dare to live by our affections rather than our fears. Mm. You know, we live in a culture that is driven by fear, scarcity, and just, you know, the world's coming to an end. And Anxiety if this and person gets power, everything is going to fall apart. And if yep. this person is in power, every, you know, the world's going to explode. And, you know, we, that's, that's what drives everything. And so to, mm. to figure out how to make a switch like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We're so, we're, our society is so motivated by what we don't want to happen rather than what we really want to happen, what we want to see. Um, and, uh, I think that causes us to, that causes us to make concessions where we wouldn't otherwise, that causes us not to do certain things that we otherwise would. And, and even to hear, like to hear again, be reminded of that Peter Combs quote of, you know, choosing to live by your affections rather than fear. Uh, I'll be honest. I don't remember the last time I acted on that, you know, mm. when, when, when's the last time I've been governed by my affections over fear? Um, that's a convicting word, you know? Yeah. I, I would hope it's convicting, but I would also encourage you that I think as we mature in our faith, we do that more and more without thinking. True. You you are you said I can't remember the last time I did that. I take great I have great confidence that you have done that because I know I know of your faith and I know of your character and I think I'm speaking for our listeners benefit as much yeah. as yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of the cool things. You know, I, I think back to identifying our own strengths and our own gifts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot. I can't word this. You know, in some kind of sticky, catchy way, but. W- are usually where our strengths are and our gifts are it's it's what it's just what comes naturally to us yeah we don't we don't we take it for granted you know if if you're an exceptionally non-anxious person you're just kind of a even keeled person you just take that for granted and other people can see that as a strength you have or a maturity you have in that area and you're just like uh oh and i haven't really acted on that i haven't thought about that for a while um so I even think I, I want to get real both on a vulnerable standpoint, but also on a pra- practical standpoint. Um, I think of something my wife and I are going through as parents and just a very difficult circumstance right now with one of our kids and I'll keep it confidential, but I will be as bold enough to say we have had to grapple with, okay, are we going to operate out of fear or said it in Peter Gomes's language, what motivates us to extend grace to our child, to still be hopeful for our child, to do the hard work that's needed as parents, mm. instead of throwing our hands in the air and retreating and isolating and 
we'll just see what happens. Yeah. All of that is affection. It's driven by our love for our kid. Um, I can say her without giving it away because I don't have any boys. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that that's where this gets really pragmatic. Sure. You know, is to live by your affections instead mm. of by your fear. Mm-hmm. Jesus is at the heart of our parenting in that regard. Right. I, I'm motivated by love to do the hard work and to be more choose to be hopeful instead of scared. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I think you even get, you know, as we, if we jump to, to this past Sunday talking about Joseph of Arimathea, you see the, a guy that, that, that made that switch. Yeah. That had yes. been living scared, yes. that yes. had been a part of it, but was following Jesus from a distance, you know, that was a secret Christian, as it says, um, you know, following him, but not saying it out loud, not, not making any bold changes that are going to, uh, make him, you know, probably inevitably lose his position as part of the Sanhedrin. Um, and then after the crucifixion to say, okay, I am now motivated by my love for this person rather than the fear that I have been living in to say, all right, use my, mm. you know, take my thing. I'm now going public and say, yeah, it's, that's, you know, like that's his his land. It's not going to be a secret that that's yeah. where. I mean, they're posting Roman soldiers on his land at this place where you know the, the where at the, at the tomb. You know, it's not going to be right. a, a a secret. Well, they buried him in secret over here, and nobody knows that. Yeah, because everybody knew that. Yeah, and, um, you know, so for to him to see him step out of that same thing, step out of that fear, and say, okay, now I'm going to be motivated by my love for this person. Right. And give of my means and of the things that I have and publicly out myself as a follower of Jesus, um, you know, is is a rather immediate version of what yeah. we're talking about. No doubt. Yeah. You asked me, uh, Tanner, earlier, hey, whatever happened to Joseph Arimathea after all this? And uh, I, I, because I've been reading about him and preparing I, I was able to say I don't know nobody knows <laughs> yeah there's some things that have been said about about him in other texts that are just not necessarily reliable yeah or, they're more speculative I yeah. guess yeah yeah because I I mean I, I have to, I have to say this uh, publicly I misspoke to a few of our people on Sunday even um, because I had in my head that um, Joseph was uh, killed for his for his faith um and so that's that's what motivated me even to ask the question to dig in a little bit with you and go wait what ha- what happened because I, I i'm suddenly second guessing what i said and so even to go back and say actually we don't really know uh what happened to him um it's clarifying um there are like you said there are a few places that's speculative about what happened and you, it would be very easy to extrapolate that, you know, the disciples of Jesus were imprisoned and killed for their belief and their faith and, and all that. Um, that's how they died, you know. Um, and so it would be very easy just to kind of put him in that box, especially as a quote-unquote flip-flopped Sanhedrin, you know, um, so yeah, that's that's one of the mysteries, I guess, is that's out there. Uh, I, I like 
how the chosen to bring it back. You mentioned that earlier, what they did with another member of the Sanhedrin with Nicodemus. Yeah. In the first season. Mm -hmm. In fact, I didn't like it. I loved it. Like, Oh, so moving. And, and on one hand, um, not biblical, um, not biblical in the sense that, okay, this is not right from the text. Oh yeah. That it's not spelled out. It happened this way in the scripture. But, but I would argue incredibly biblical with what we know about Nicodemus, what we know about his heart, what we know about the questions he asked and what we can speculate that life looked as like. human as that, human beings that internal and, yeah. angst of all yeah. of my peers are saying this thing mm-hmm. and rejecting Jesus. And yet he does fit what we've been reading and studying about. Yeah. And he does scratch the itch. Just, just the longings of my heart are drawn to him. And, um, I just, I love what they did. And that scene where, it's it's totally what what's extra biblical I guess is the word, um, <laughs> um, where he's like around the corner, yeah. he's dropping, yes. and Jesus is talking to his followers, yes, and it's like you can tell Jesus knows he knows he's right around the yes. corner. He's like talking to Nicodemus, yes, and you can just see on Nicodemus Nicodemus's face like, do I leave it all? Yeah, do I lose everything to follow him? Mm-hmm. I think it's worth it. I don't know if I can do it. You know, yeah. like I just, oh, it's just yeah. such a yeah. great scene. But then even having the the influence of his wife and yep. the 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 wealth and means that they would live oh, by yeah. and have to but, give yeah. up. But and no, no, no. Let's let's keep this. Let's uh-huh. status yeah. quo. Let's no risk. So yeah, it may be maybe extra biblical if you but will. It, but it's believable. Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, you know what? Can I can I bring us to this? I don't know if you were going to take us here, Brooke, toward the end of our conversation, but. Um, I want to put you guys on the spot, um, and I, I don't want to talk about community, but I want to talk about scripture. I left us with a couple action, uh, um, you know, are, are, are almost like sheepishly gave us these two action steps or these two application points because they're so like, yeah, duh, you know, um, read your Bible, join a small group. You know, it's like, like, oh, thanks for that, pastor. That's only something we hear all the time. But I, I do believe to experience the faith of a Joseph of Arimathea, for example, and, and to have this, this desire to go against the flow, to, to not follow the crowd, and to have the, the wisdom of how to use our affluence and our influence um, for the advancement of the kingdom, to, to be hope-filled people, all these things we're talking about, we have to be students of Scripture. So I want to put you on the spot. Um, I want to ask you, Brooke first, because I, I want to tee it up for a, you, Tanner, maybe you can think about it for a second. How are you in this season of life choosing to be students of Scripture? Um, Brooke, I know from talking to you the last, I guess it's been almost five years, but but even the last couple of years, I'm thinking of a couple books you've specifically read to further your understanding of the culture Mm-hmm. Uh, of the Far East, of the of the Middle East, uh, trying to put yourself in the shoes more of of the people of Scripture. Um, and you don't have to go to that specifically, but that's what I thought of when I thought of you. Sure. How, 
how have you seen yourself trying to faithfully be a student of scripture as of late? Uh, I, yeah. Um, I think that's accessible for other people too, by the way. Absolutely. That's partly why I'm asking. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in, I grew up in church, you know, I've been in church all my life. It's uh, everything I've ever known, you know, so I have not known a time outside of church where, um, you know, the news of Jesus was brand new to my 25 year old self, you know, that, 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 that was not my existence. And so to, uh, to grow up in church and in a lot of ways take it take a lot of it for granted. Almost like a life um, of osmosis, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's just like I, I've, I've read the Bible. I've read it multiple times all the way through, and I've read it, you know, uh, what, what's the, um, not consecutively, but... Uh, chronologically. Chronologically. You know, I've read it in chronological order. I've read it in the biblical order. I've done sword drills, if you want to go back to the 90s. Holy and, moly, he just said uh, that. I did. You know, so I've 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 had a ton of that. That's when you have to close the Bible, and then there's like three, four of you, and you race to see who can get to that scripture the fastest. Um, I was real good. And extra jewels in your crown. Very competitive. Oh, My yeah, it's probably just yeah. the competitive streak. That's true. <laughs> I'll bet Brooke won all of them. <laughs> but so so to have all of that, like I I, I have come to a place that. Um, I, I felt like I didn't need to continue to just reread it in the same light that I needed. I needed some of the um, some of the context, like we've talked about a million times, um, the context of why this mattered and why this was life changing and how it's life changing now based on that kind of information. Um, I think of a book called Prophetic Lament that was all about um, bo- the book of Lamentations. It's like, when was the last time you studied the book of Lamentations? Uh, never. Um, maybe I knew where it was, you know? I don't know. Um, and, and to be able to go through it and say, oh, there are literary devices in here that I would never have ever known that this was a thing. Mm. And learning that, okay, this is where the emphasis is, not just because of what the emphasis where we would put it, that's how they would, you know, how they would have said it and how they would have meant this. And um, you know, so so to to learn more about, I guess the just the context and and how to apply that to um, the things that I'm reading and uh, and not just rereading the same scriptures that we've read for forever and um, and I know that sounds that sounds jaded and I don't mean it like that, but um, you know just to 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 have a life where yeah I've I've read the Bible a lot. But I needed the understanding of why those things were important and how they were important and not just taking it at face value because somebody told me, you know. I want to put you on the spot for I want to double down, Brooke, um, because I read this years ago. So it's it's not fair to ask me this question, but <laughs> you've read this more recently. So I'm going to ask you, what about um, the book you read? Um, if, unless I'm wrong, I remember you talking about reading a book called Misreading Scripture yeah. with Western Eyes. Yeah, there's two of them. Um, and, and the subtitle of this one, if I can put my reading glasses on, is <laughs> removing cultural, removing cultural barriers, removing cultural blinders to better understand the Bible. Yeah. What, 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 uh, how was, how is something like that helpful to you? To me, it was, it was, um, it was, it, it, what they say in the book is, uh, where, where we would say something like, yeah, it goes without saying where we would fill in the blank mm. because when you are writing, when Paul is writing to uh, a church that's, you know, 
a, a couple of days. Yeah, right, right. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, in, it's, it's within a, a traveling distance, right? You're writing a letter to somebody. Um, there are things that you imply or that, that go without saying because you don't need to state them because you know. If you and I, or Lauren, are having a conversation, there are things that we won't have to say to each other because we get the context and we understand what's going on. And so that book, I thought, was really interesting because it, um, it, it helped me understand how much we just fill in the blanks with mm. our, uh, our, our Western culture or American culture or uh, individualistic, one of their other books, um, through individualistic eyes, um, it, you know, where we fill in the blanks and, and make assumptions based on our context and what maybe would have been meant by their context and where they would have filled in the blanks differently than Mm. we would. So Mm. I loved those books and thought both of them were, were very, very interesting. And it just, I mean, it was just a chance to, to, to learn something different and understand something in a different light than Mm. uh, I think many of the assumptions that I've always had. Can we please uh, put those two books specifically? Um, in the show notes. Um, and there's multiple tools we need to be providing to our people. But I, I think in a world where Amazon puts something on your doorstep in a day or two, in a world where we can read things online, we can listen to books when we're mowing the lawn, there is no excuse. There's just no reason why anybody who is remotely interested in growing in their faith can't grow in their knowledge of scripture. Uh, there was a time before the printing press, which also, by the way, was before the internet, where um, you couldn't you couldn't know anything about the Bible. You couldn't for for several hundred years. You multiple centuries. The only people who knew the scripture were the priests. were were the handful of people that had access to the scrolls. To and then even with the printing press. Um, it just it took so long. That was part of the Protestant Reformation was this this desire of it's not just about the professional clergy that have access to God's word. It's all of us should have access. We don't have to go through this special person to God or to the scripture. And and so even to this day, I love we are so blessed over the last couple decades. One of the one of the blessings of the internet and and our access to to books quickly is that we just don't have to rely on a, a pastor to be the end-all, be-all teacher. Uh, we don't have to hope our church is going to do a study on X, Y, or Z. We can we can choose to be learners. Um, so let me shift, Tanner. Um, Brooke gave us some good stuff. Good luck. Um, <laughs> in, in all seriousness, you're you're a young, <clears throat> fast-growing pastor. Um what are you doing in this season of your life or what, how has God been stretching you in some good ways as a student of scripture? So I want to say, I want to say, I'll, I'll answer the question, but I also want to, um, I want to come back to, uh, comment a little bit on Brooke's perspective a little bit. Um, not necessarily disagree, but I want to give some maybe clarity on what it makes me think about. Okay. So I'll say right now, um, I have only in the last few years um, discovered um, a desire, I guess, for commentary for uh, multiple people to to explain through their eyes what this pa- what a passage of scripture uh, is meaning, and you know what's the subtleties of said 
you know, passage, all those different things. If I can be this honest, I'll say uh, in the last year, I have really needed to be reminded of why I do what I do. So I have, instead of going to the Psalms, which is a very um, worship pastor thing to do, <laughs> um, because they're songs, <clears throat> I have gone to the Gospels and um, just been encouraged again of, of what is all this about. And having found that new love of commentary and multiple perspectives on that, on a specific thing and understanding those things deeper, it's, it's helped, it's helped me a lot. And so, um, the other thing is there's always books that are written by well-known, uh, pastors, uh, thought leaders. Um, and I have consumed more books in the last two years than I've ever consumed in my entire life. Um, was not a reader. I'm not. I would. I'm not what you would call a self motivator uh, in many aspects of my life. Uh, and I have just discovered that that love. I think it's become more and more important in my life, and so therefore I'm doing it more and more. Um, I, however, I would say this. <clears throat> I think there is a degree of importance for people. Uh, who may not have a specific foundational understanding of certain things of Scripture or even the, the story at large of Jesus. And it's important for them, I, I think it's important for us as followers of Jesus to have a foundation to go off of before we open up our minds to diversity of thought. I don't think, and I may, may, uh, God willing, uh, I will grow over the next five, ten years, and I may have a different take on this then than I do now. But I do not believe diversity of thought for the sake of diversity of thought is helpful. Mm. I think it actually causes more confusion. And so I don't want to disagree with what Brooke's saying because I think there are a there's a large number of us who have what we think we know, which is what I heard, heard Brooke saying is, I grew up this way, thinking this way, reading it with this lens only. And it wasn't until I reached out and branched out on some different things that I actually was able to have a more well, well-rounded thought about any particular aspect of Scripture. I think there's a lot, a lot of us out there who fall under that category. Um, we think we know what we think we know. And the next step for us is to create a little bit of diversity of thought, to disrupt the subtleties of our assumptions like a, a Western culture um, so that we can have a more holistic view of what we see about the gospels, what we see in scripture, this life we're supposed to lead as followers of Jesus. But I think there's this whole other category of people out there um, that don't really need a whole lot of diversity of thought right now. They need to learn. The they basics. need to learn the basics. Yeah. They need to learn a foundation yeah. a to then be able to juxtapose different perspectives um, That's a good word. I think it's causing confusion in our society, even though not things about uh, the Christian life. Uh, we're celebrating the diversity and the plurality of voices in our minds. And I think that it is causing a lot of chaos and confusion in the world. Um, that comes into uh, identity and, and all those different things that... 
Um, it's concerning as a dad of raising my kids in a world that um, is wants them to have, have freedom of thought and all those things. And I think that's a beautiful thing, but all at the same time, it's only appropriate after there's a foundation built, after there's certainty about certain things. Mm-hmm. And so I would say... Um, Gauge where you are. Yeah. It may not be, don't, you don't have to dive in with plurality of thought if you don't have a basic foundation and understanding of something. That's a good word. Um, That's a good word. It, it also speaks to the challenge of us as leaders and teachers is you're right. really trying to, I, I'm yesterday, I'm trying to talk to a crowd that is literally all over the map. You yeah. Know, right. From skeptic, I'm not so right. sure about this stuff to what we would call a, a a newborn Christian, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, um, drinking really only needs the milk, you know, don't, don't yeah. confuse me. Don't, don't get all abstract with me. <laughs> I need, I need rock solid things to stand yes, on. Yes, yes, yes. And, and the, the, the long timer, you know, that's, that's really matured in their faith is like, Oh my goodness, seriously, don't go against the crowd. Hey, thanks for that one. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> like stretch me a little bit, you know? And, and so, I'm, I'm thinking a little bit selfishly. It's just it's a challenge to teach right. a big crowd. You, you hit it on the head. You got it. You got to have some self awareness to know where you are. If you're if you're younger in your faith, you're newer in your faith. Um, man, you need. I, I would also argue that's one of why we we really like rooted for our people. Mm-hmm. Rooted is. I mean, by definition, it's it's meant to root you in the soil. It's meant to give you that that first uh, foundational um, understanding of Christianity. Um, I will have to add, though, it's because it's so much about connection, yeah, and community. It's it really is still for the long timer. It really absolutely. is still for absolutely for the seminary graduate, right? You know, the the Sanhedrin. It's for everybody. But um, man, I, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. I, I'm, ac- I'm actually really encouraged to hear you say that, Tanner, because I know that you are longing for diversity of thought in your own life, mm-hmm. and yet you're recognizing, and that's not where everybody is. Right. It's not where everybody's needs are. Um, I'm guilty at 53, having been a, a, a follower of Jesus since, I would say, since I was 20, that I am really enjoying learning new things and being stretched into the gray areas of, of faith such that if I'm not careful, I can spend too much time in those areas instead of, you know, I mean, we, we walked into one of the rooms of our church earlier this morning for a different meeting, and there's uh, this very basic picture on the whiteboard of... Uh, it's not the Roman road, but it's, it's another napkin type drawing of the gospel, you know, with a chasm between, you know, things. And the only thing, only the way you can get over this deep chasm is the cross in the middle. And, and, and we, I find myself snickering even like, <laughs> that's cute. Yeah. And you know what? That's, that's the beautiful gospel at its most basic form that, so many people need, they don't need the abstract, you know, complicated, but you know what? Another way of looking at right. this, they, they need the basics. And I, I think that's one of the challenges for us 
who are further along in the journey is don't forget just because you've said this or heard this a thousand times, especially with what we do vocationally, does not mean that's, we, we've got to camp out there. Martin Luther said it in his own words, um, something along the lines of, if all we do is share the gospel constantly, we're not doing it wrong. <laughs> if all we do is read the book of Romans, he said, we're not doing it wrong, you know? Um, so, hey, thank you guys for indulging me with that question and being vulnerable and um i hope that along the way we can help our people become more and more students of scripture specifically yeah yeah um before we wrap up here i know we're getting a little long so um but before we do uh this this coming weekend um we have we have something a little bit different than what we've done normally um tanner is going to be teaching and uh, as as lauren will be out of town um, and so, uh, Lauren, I wanted to give you just just a couple of minutes because we've already talked for forever. But um, just a couple of minutes here to talk about um, the change in roles for for Tanner and what that looks like, um, what that means for him, what that means for us as a church, um, for him to be uh, the pastor of worship and community, right? Yeah, that right. Something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. It's timely, too, because as you said, um, Tanner will be teaching again. He's slotted to teach a few times this calendar year already um, coming up. And uh, I mean, first of all, in the context of we eliminated some staff positions a few months ago, uh, our team as, as, as full-time leaders got smaller. So by default, as you can imagine, with any organization, uh, our job descriptions have had to change a little bit, have had to broaden a little bit. Uh, we're still, you can continue to pray for us as you think about uh, just Colonial's health and effectiveness. We're continuing to reexamine, okay, what balls are, are can't drop, what what balls can bounce a little bit, we got to pick them back up, and what balls just we just need, don't even worry about. <laughs> Um, that's the nature of change. Having said all of that, man, I, I think this is a beautiful, positive result of our staff changes is an opportunity for Travis Hodges, <laughs> Travis Hodges that I just thought of my good friend, Travis Hodges in Friendswood, Texas. Sorry. That's funny. Uh, he and I are so close. I called him Travis Tanner. Um, in all seriousness, you and your your continued growth. You went to worship school uh, through ten thousand fathers for two years. Was it two years or two and a half? Yeah, it was, uh, it was two years. Two yeah. year program where it was so much more. They did not teach you guitar chords. You know, they taught you scripture, leadership, um, personal growth in all kinds of areas that you just wouldn't think are in a spiritual emphasis, you know, program, <laughs> you got to be around some giants of the faith. Um, you got to contextualize that on a daily basis and live that out here through colonial, through Wichita falls community. Uh, I'm just, it's timely. I've said this to you personally, but it's timely to share on a podcast just to say you are stepping up, you are stepping out. Uh, and so your role now is not just, yeah. It, if we could go to one end of the continuum, you were a song leader. Mm. Uh, you were a talented musician. Uh, 
who had your own band and um, got got pulled in because you're so talented and you got even an opportunity for a recording contract and traveling with your band and and that's what brought you to Colonial initially and you have grown into a worship leader uh, you've grown into a, a leader of a team of worship leaders you have grown into a pastor who has walked alongside people in their darkest moments you've done one or more weddings you've done one or more funerals you've you've done hospital visits you've uh, you've taught from the scripture, you have been accessible to people. And now that we have uh, lost a position, a spiritual formation pastor um, who was over our group's ministry, who was um, in, in, in some key ways doing some leadership development with people who in so many ways partnered with me and other areas, we, have, we are now asking you not to take on that job, to be clear to everybody, but to expand your own role and really focus on how do we usher people into community um, and specifically move them along? How do we move them along in their faith? How do we take some of the key things you've learned personally and through your training um, and then just your commitment to be a, a learner moving forward too? I, I embrace that. I want to continue to be a learner too. Uh, and we talk a lot about our discipleship pathway and how do we move people wherever they are in their spiritual journey another couple notches closer to Christ likeness and intimate connection with Christ and faithfulness and and using all their gifts for the kingdom and and I know that gets you out of bed in the morning <laughs> like it's not oh okay well somebody's got to do that I'll do that uh thank God that you're with us because you're excited about that and so um I don't see you teaching, for example, this Sunday as pinch hitting and giving me a break. (laughs) Um, I see that as another way of you living out your expanding role of pastoring our people. Um, And I would say this to everybody out there, uh, man, be praying for Tanner and his continued growth. Be supportive of the ways that you see God using him, uh, be an encouragement to Tanner, um, and know that, uh, probably everybody listening can contextualize, you know, when your job changes and things get more stressful and, uh, and you're trying to figure out how, okay, I can't just add, 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 add. I've also got to subtract some things, pray for wisdom and discernment for Tanner, for, for me as a partner to him and a leader to him and, and for our whole team. So yeah. Tanner Hodges. I don't know why you said Travis Brook, but it's Tanner Hodges. Yeah, my bad. Uh, who is stepping up, stepping out, pastor of worship and community, Grand Poobah, Colonial <laughs> Church. Grand Poobah. No pressure. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tanner, your response? I'm just kidding. Yeah. So uh, we, we are, we're wrapping this thing up. Um, I know we talked for a long time. So if you stuck with us and got all that, um, thank you for, for listening and being a part of this. Um, we are going to continue our series of Easter people as we are looking forward to Easter 
Sunday, as well as uh, continue to gather questions. So if you have a you asked for a question you want to throw into the mix, uh, jump in the app and you can do that. We'll also put the link in the show notes, as well as all of the many other things that we're going to link in the show notes today. So definitely check out the show notes because there's going to be a lot in it. Um, Thank you guys for being here and uh, sharing your hearts. Um, This has been the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church. You can always get more information about Colonial at colonialchurch.com or from our app that you can get from the App Store, the Google Play Store. So uh, we'd love to hear from you. So send us your questions, your thoughts, your feedback, podcast at colonialchurch.com. That's our email. And thank you for listening. We will pick up our conversation again next week.